Halleluja. Mm. Glory to Jesus. Amen. We want to thank God for our sister Kay being back with us. Amen. All is good. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We thank God. We got some guests in the house, Cameron and Valerie. Amen. Here. Amen. We thank God for you being with us. Amen. Just let God have his way. Amen. You're not here by accident. Amen. You're here because God purposed it to be so. So he's got a word, amen, that he's going to deliver to us all, amen. And we just want God to speak to our hearts and our minds, Lord, as we, we push every distraction out of the way. You know, Pastor Linda brought a powerful word last week, amen. And, you know, just like, my God, amen. Think about changing how we choose, amen, and thinking about those choices that we make, amen. So I was going to continue that message this morning, amen, because didn't get to didn't get to finish it all. I don't know if she's gonna finish it all this morning either. Amen. Because there's always the group the word is always growing and expanding. Amen. So we thank God, Amen, for that. But we're gonna call her up right now as we prepare our hearts to receive the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God's help and strength. Amen. Let me make sure her microphone is on. All right. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, guys, oh, you can hear me. Amen. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. Oh, God, we've already just had such an awesome time, God, worshiping you, God. Oh, just this wonderful time of reminding us, God, no matter what has gone all, all week long, God, you are there with us. You kept your eye on us. You kept your hand upon us, God. Your grace in your mercy keep following after us God and we are so thankful God for another day another opportunity God to corporately come together oh God to hear your word to grow to grow to grow to grow God oh that we would grow God for your word is life it is nourishment to the growing and so we open up our ears we open up our hearts today, O oh God, to receive the word of God. Yeah. Have your way today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. So glad to be back in the house this morning. And he didn't have to let it be. There's just things that we didn't even know was almost getting us. We didn't even know it was almost getting us. But because of God, we're here this morning. Amen. And so we are so grateful to be here and just so glad to have Kate back this morning. Amen. Uh, there, was, there was a person I wanted Kate to meet, Naya, but Naya's on the road today going back. So you guys, let's, let's remember Naya. I told her that we would be in prayer for her, and she's on the way to Texas. Um, she's in the military, but she's out of the military now and going back home. And an uh, awesome young lady. I wanted you to meet her. But... Um, she, she kind of reminded me, I, I, in my heart, Kay's like my daughter, and then Naya came, and Naya, I took Naya on, and so, so I felt sad about Naya this morning, and then I came, and then I saw Kay, I was like, okay, okay, God, you take one and bring one back, so I'm just so glad for you being back, being back safe and sound, and 
when when we go away and come back, it, we can't take that for granted, you know. And that she can, she went away and she came back here, we can't take that for granted. Come on, she could have went away, mind would have flipped, and she don't even want to come to church. Come on, let's not take things for granted. But I just thank God that look at where she's at, right in the house of the Lord. We're so glad to have you home, Kay. So glad to have all of of our guests and and our return guests and been praying for you this week and praying for the um, things that God just had you on my mind and on my heart all week and just praying that God he did something last Sunday and I'm praying that he has something this Sunday for you okay and I know because he's a faithful God that he does okay can I can stand up here and say without a shadow of a doubt that God has something for every single person today every single person today now whether we receive it or not okay it's up to us okay but God does have something for every single one of us today and so I pray right now that we would all just be ready to receive you know um, last week I talked about changing the way that we choose and knowing that we choose every day you know we so so whether it's not the point isn't do we choose, because every day we choose something, all right? We choose whether we um, swing those legs over the bed or we stay in the bed. Come on. We choose every day, and we choose what we're going to do during that day. We choose. But what God wants us to do is choose correctly, Amen. choose powerfully, Amen. choose victoriously, yeah. choose so that we don't lose. How many have lost? over some bad choices. I mean, I look back sometimes, and, and how many, you know, you kind of like wish, I, I used to say, I wish that, um, I used to think heaven would be like this, you guys. I used to think heaven would be that I know everything that I know now, and I get to die but come back and um, live out of the wisdom that I know now, okay? But, that's not even close to what heaven's going to be, be about. So God said, I'm limiting heaven over that wish, all right? I'm going to be with the one forever. I'm going to be with my Savior forever. So that, that's bigger than me coming back to this earth to live another life just to prove that I could do it right, right? So I'm just thanking God that he's teaching us how to choose right here on earth. And how we learn how to choose is choosing his way and most of the time that's made us mixed up and confused is because we choose our way and even when I was a, a, a younger younger person okay um, my parents would tell me things and I know some of you some of you right now might be thinking but there was times I would look at my mom and dad and think I got a better way than that that doesn't even make sense what you're saying. Amen. And they would tell me to do things, and it just didn't make sense to me. And I felt like what I was thinking was right. And you know my mama, she would always say, just keep living. <laughs> she would always look at, just keep living, Linda, just keep living. A lot of things that you think you wouldn't do, and a lot of things that you wouldn't act in a certain way, you just keep on living. And the reason why she could say that was because she had lived further on down the road. 
and there was experience in her life that I didn't know about. I was just going off of my head knowledge when she was going out for her experience knowledge. And so my head knowledge says that don't make no sense. And her experience knowledge, and mama would just look and, and smile sometimes <laughs> like, you're going to get there, okay? And I remember um, preaching one time, uh, mama told me there would be days like this. Yeah. And, and though that sermon came from finding out those days that mama was telling me about from her experience and here's that day and so today I want to go into another level of choosing that um, that has affected our life and um, God last week didn't get in to get into that and so I want to talk about responsive living over reactionary living choosing to live responsibly responsibly instead of reactionary okay it's um a statement that i saw it says between stimulus and response there is space between stimulus something that stimulates you or provokes you there is a space okay in that space is our power to choose our response in our response lies our growth and our freedom. If we don't get, give ourselves this gift of pause, this sacred pause, this, this stop to pause, to choose how we will respond, our reactions and our habits will take over. How many know that there's, I, I was listening to Pastor when he was talking about those sweaty palms this morning and that ooh, and that you know that quickness that we want to do something right and if we don't pause okay then then reaction will take over and and sometimes it, it kind of to help us to see it more clearly is kind of like how when you go to the doctor and he hits your knee and that knee just go a lot of us live like that that anything <laughs> We're in that knee-jerk attitude all the time. We just, we're constantly touchy and fretty. And, and as soon as you hit our, any place that upsets us, we're, our knee jerks, our attitude jerks, our, our, our face jerks, our mouth jerks, our hands jerk. We just jerk all over jerk because we have that attitude that we have not, reactionary attitude that we have not gotten over you know, gotten in control. When we learn to live consciously aware of God's standards, his strength within, persuaded by his way, believing that his way is the way, <laughs> then we can respond according to faith over feelings. Now, a lot of times when I, I preach about emotions or, or feelings, because I want to get this straight in the beginning, because this is what the enemy does. I've, sp I've spoken about uh, emotions and feelings and people, what we do, we get our defenses up. And the first thing we say is, I've got feelings. <laughs> These feelings are real, you know? Validate my, don't say I shouldn't have feelings. I'm not saying you shouldn't have feelings. I want you guys to get that straight this morning. But I'm saying your feelings shouldn't control you. Feelings are indicators. They are not 
what we walk our life out on, all right? They, they, they tell us or show us the pain in my foot shows there's something wrong, okay? But it's not how I'm going to live the rest of my life, um, you know, uh, depending on that feeling, right? I'm going to do something about the feeling. There's, I'm going to do something about it. But some of us live by our feelings. And we don't get over our feeling. We don't go on to find out what God can do about a feeling. A feeling is just a feeling that indicates that there's some place where you need more strength, where you need more power, okay? And, and now you got to do the work to do it. I could say, my foot hurts. My foot hurts. My foot hurts. My foot hurts. And every time you see me, my foot hurts. My foot hurts. And after a while, y'all going to say, well, what you doing about it? Okay? And a lot of times we're living in that perpetual feeling. Or, or um, you know, I can't forgive her. I can't forgive her. I can't forgive her. Now, understand these feelings, yes, they indicate a condition or a position a condition, I want to say a condition of our heart, but they should not substantiate a position that we're going to stay in all our lives. We need to find something that takes us from walking just by feelings, but in the faith and victory, victory of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 10, 23 through 24, it says this, you say, I'm allowed to do anything. Now, I want y'all to really get this, okay? You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. We live in a world right now where everybody is saying, and not everybody, we got to get those general terms, people are saying that I'm going to do me and I'm going to do what's good for me and whether it hurts you or not, I'm going to do me. Now, one of the things I want us to, 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 to uh, understand is that in the house of the Lord, we are coming, my mic's down, oh, okay, did y'all hear me? Y'all heard something back there, right? Okay, I'm going to do me is not necessary. I want to believe in here that we're coming because we want to know what God wants us to do, okay? Not what we want to do, okay? And so when we take on that stance, I'm going to do me, then that pulls out God. It says, I'm going to do me, I'm for me, whatever I want, what's best for me. But God wants us to, what does God say about it? And he said, you can do whatever you want, okay? You can, you know, yeah, you can do exactly what you want to do. But what God is saying is, but not everything is good for you. We can walk around all day and say, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me, but me will kill me, okay? And God is saying, I need you to know. That's why the word of God is so good for us because it goes beyond our me, me, me into the creator who knows me better and is going to tell me how to live victoriously. And he's saying, yeah, 
Yeah, I hear you saying you're going to do me, but he said, I need you to understand everything you're doing is not good for you. And, he's, and, and yeah, you could do anything you want to do. Yes, you could say that. But he says, my believers, my children, I need you to understand that everything you do, it's not beneficial. It's not going to bring any benefit to you. Am I satisfied that that pain? Am I satisfied that anger? Am I, but it is not beneficial for you in the long run. He's telling us that don't be concerned for your own good, that the only way that we're really going to succeed in life is not just being concerned about me, but being concerned about others. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. You are free to choose, but you are not free from the consequences of your choice. And that's a powerful thing that when we live from being reactive that we don't think about. I'm free to slap you in your face. <laughs> but I'm not free from the choice that you might knock me out after I slap. I'm not free from, I can't say I slap you in your face and you don't do nothing. See, I'm not free. I'm free to do whatever I want to do. But let's say then the other person's free to do that too. And how, what kind of life that would be. You know, in the Old Testament, it would say one of the scriptures was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And, you know, can you imagine just how many eyeless, toothless people would be around <laughs> if, if we were just like to have a whole little culture of eyeless, toothless people. Because you slap me, I slap you. Tooth pull, tooth, arm cut. Arm, we'd just be just maimed and crazy people. And God had to, say, to let us know, see, that's no way to... That's no way to live. The way to live is to do what is good, what is right. Um, in the Bible, there's some people who live from their, from their reactions. And, and one of them was Peter. And remember, Peter, when, he, when they came to get Jesus, Peter didn't pause to wait. He just picked that sword up, and he just cut that man's ear straight off. And, you know, some of us are like that. We don't even stop to think, okay? Uh, we're just going to cut the ear off. And so Jesus, in that moment, he, he tells Peter how wrong. He said, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. There he goes back to that eye for the eye, two for the tooth. And, he, and he, was, he put the man's ear right back up on his head because he was trying to show Peter this is not the way to live, to be quick in anger, to do something that you haven't even thought about. Well, there's a story that really is one of my favorite stories to preach about in so many levels. But today in um, the level of being, uh, you know, reactive or, or responsive, this story is in 1 Samuel. And in 1 Samuel, it's the story about Abigail and Nabal and David. And I'm just going to give you a little bit because the story is really, really long. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of the story, but then to the parts where I really want us to catch what I'm talking about. So there was this man named, named Nabal and then David. And what David did for Nabal was that while they were up on the mountainside watching their herds and stuff, David supplied protection to Nabal's men, protection and food while they were taking care of their animals and stuff. Uh, David's army and his men pro provided protection to Nabal. And so this was something that was, was, should have been something honored, respected, and thankful for because without David doing that, 
um, you know, they could have took his, 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 his animals. They could have killed his men. But David pro provided protection. Well, so when David comes into the town where Nabal is at, Na he tells, uh, sends word to Nabal that his men are coming to where Nabal is. And can you provide for us, you know, just some, some sustenance, something to drink, something to eat. And so Nabal, which he just gets all cocky and prideful, and Nabal says, who is this man that wants me to provide my stuff for him? And, and he doesn't want to give it to him. And he t sends his men back and say, I don't know who you are, but he did know who he was. But he was being very prideful and nasty. And he says, I don't know who you are, and I'm not going to provide for you. So he s sends his men back to, the, to King David, who had provided for him to give him this message. Now, David, David gets very upset about it. And David thinks, wait a minute, you know, I've been provided. I didn't give you water. I didn't took care of your, 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 your men, and you're not going to give me anything. And so what happens to David is David gets so mad, he says, you go tell him I'm going to kill now there is very when you read the King James version, it is very um, explicit. Okay, so I don't want anybody to get upset this morning. He says, um, "I'm gonna kill everything and every man that pisses against the wall." Everybody said, "Hmm." <laughs> See, that's what happens when we get reactionary. We don't even think about what we're saying. We don't even think about what we're doing. We're just mad. And when we're mad, it comes out. This was King David. This was David, God's chosen David. Okay? God's anointed. Okay? Appointed. But he was so mad that Nabal did not honor that what he had done for him, and not even not that he did not honor what he had done for him, he did not honor who he was. Because on, on the hillside, everybody knew who David was. They knew that David was the one who had killed Goliath. They knew David was the one that was anointed king. They, they knew who he was. And so David got this. So we see Nabal is called a fool in this chapter. And they said he was a foolish and a churlish man. And right now we see that David, he's becoming foolish because he's let his pride, his pride get in the way. Now, this is what happens when we become reactionary is we live by our feelings. We act out of our feelings, our feelings of pridefulness, our, our feelings, we we. I don't like to be hurt. I don't like to be looked over. I don't like to be punked out. I don't like. And so we live out of our feelings instead of responding the way that the Holy Spirit has called us to respond. Now, this morning, we've all done it and we're all going to do it again. OK, I, 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 to be honest, we're all going to be. Do, but why the word comes is to remind us that this is not the way that God has called us to live. And this is not the power that God has given us to respond out of our feelings, but he's given us this power to respond out of our faith. 
Our faith says that God is for me. God is with me. I don't have to prove anything to anybody, all right? I I don't have to let my pride get in the way. I know who I am in Christ. I don't have to fight no battle that God fights for me. And so God wants us to understand this. So in this scripture right here that I'm going to, Abigail, his wife, she had been married to Nabal for a long time. And Abigail knew, Abigail, I'm calling two names together. Abigail knew um, that her husband was foolish and churlish because she'd been living with him for a long time. And this wasn't the first time he made foolish decisions. And so when she finds out that they're coming to kill everybody in her house, now she could have, she could have reacted. You know how like some, some women be like, um, out of here. You want to kill yourself? You ain't killing me and my babies. We going home to mama. Okay? She could have reacted, all right? She could have totally went off when she found out that and and I'm only saying that from our our time because in that time they 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 didn't have no just run home to mama kind of stuff. And we we run home to or run away. In this day and time, in that day and time, it wasn't like that. So I'm saying that she could have reacted in a wrong way. But here, let's see what happens here. Abigail And Abigail saw David. She quickly got off her donkey and bowed low. I want you all to hear some things, okay? And bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I really want us to hear this, okay? She fell at his feet and said, I really want us ladies to hear this. Ladies, I really want us to hear this. That's why I'm going back, okay? There's just something right here, because it's going to irk your nerves. Some of y'all, it's going to irk. Okay, it's already irking you. Okay, come on. But it's it's all right. It's all right. It's going to help us out, okay? She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my Lord. I accept all blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. Some of y'all's faces is really cute this morning. Please listen to what I have to say. The only reason why my face looks good is this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And David, tell you, I've, I've read all this story so many times that the Lord's worked on me enough to have a good look on my face. Okay? Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never, now remember, when you were hearing this, this sounds funny, but that really was what his name meant. His name really meant, she's not just saying that, um, you know, sarcastically. That's what his name meant, okay? Because, uh, you know, we, we grabbed hold of that and thought that was kind of funny, huh? Yeah, okay. But uh, uh, he is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the young men you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance in your own hands, let all your enemies and those who tried to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have bought to you and your young men. 
Please forgive me if I've offended you in any way. Now, you guys, this sounds, as women, you guys, this sounds really like, what? What? Attitude, what? But you know what? That's exactly what Jesus did for us. That's exactly what he did for all of us. The stupidity and the foolishness of our sin that demanded our life. Jesus Christ went on the cross and he said to the Father, it is I that have done this wrong. He took our sin and he let the Father know, I'm taking the sin. Please, please put their, their sin on me. So what she did was an act of showing what God would do, that he would take that sin to save a life. See, when we're, react, when we're in that reactionary way, we, uh-uh, I'm not doing that, okay? But when we stop to, re- to think about it, what she did was, wait a minute, the, my husband's foolishness right here is going to not just get me killed. It wasn't just her, her children, the servants, everything that belonged to them was going to die that day. And she had to make a decision right then. Am I going to jump in pride and say, I didn't do it. Let it be on them. Or was she going to stop and respond and think, wait a minute. By his foolish decision, we could all die. What can I do? What can I do to turn this around? That's what the story is all about, really, is learning to choose how can I turn this around? How, how can I bring a godly outcome into it? How, how can I bring victory into this situation instead of bringing what my anger would cause or, or, or what my pride? How, what can I do? Can I stop a minute? Can I get out of my feelings a minute and just stop and say wait a minute okay God I know I'm feeling this and God acknowledges our feelings I'm, I'm angry that we got to go through this I'm angry that this is happening because of this but God what is my response going to be sometimes we 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 think that I got to do something right now I got to do something right now I got but God is telling us and teaching us right now that before you move choose right before you move you don't have to say you don't have to do you don't you don't have to do something right you can you can just pause pause god show me how to respond right now show me what to do she says so she tells him please forgive me if i've offended you in any way she says, the Lord will sure, surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. But the lies of your enemies will disappear like stones shot out from a sling. Now look at what she's doing is she's reminding him. You, she knew something about da- she knew something about David. She knew that Saul had. She knew that the enemies, you know, was going to be chasing him, and and, and seek to uh, take his life. Because Saul start, 
King Saul started chasing him and wanted to uh, take his life. But David, when he fought, found King Saul, he could have killed King Saul right when he fought, found him in the cave. He, and, and King Saul was dead. He could have killed him right then, but he did not take his life. He said, touch not, you know, my anointed. I won't do that, your prophet no harm. He, he's paused. Instead of taking that moment to seek revenge, he paused to do what God told him to do. She knew about, about when she talks about slinging the, uh, you know, the stones from the slingshot. She knew this was a man of God. Man of God, you listen to God. You've been led by God. You, all this time, you've been led by God. You've been mighty in battles because you've listened to God and did what God told you to do. And so that's how you've come through every single battle victorious. And so what she's doing is reminding him right now, David, you don't want to do this. You don't want to get mad and go kill everybody. This is not what God is telling you to do. So what she does is she pauses and God gives her great wisdom of how to appease and bring David's anger down by reminding him, David, David, it's God who's showed you how to fight your battles. It's God who showed you how to win your battles. Don't let this momentary anger get you in trouble. All along, you've been following God's plan. Follow God's plan now. When the Lord has done all he's, he promised and has made you a leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record. So she comes with this listening to God. Not, sometimes we react, react out of fear. But she came in listening to God where, where God could really speak into her spirit and show her what to tell David. And she said, David, look, she said, God's making you the leader of Israel and don't let this, this moment, be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. David replied to Abigail, praise the Lord God of Israel. Now here is a man that's on his way to kill everything up in Nabal's house. But as she has talked to him, she has brought him back to his senses. And he says, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murdering and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her present and told her, return home in peace. I've heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. When Abigail arrived home, she found that Nabal was throwing a big party. Now Nabal was just foolish. Just totally foolish and prideful here. He was throwing a party. He dissed the king, and he didn't help the king, but he's home throwing himself a party, okay? And celebrating. He was celebrating like a king. He wasn't a king, but he was celebrating like a king, okay? He was very drunk. So she didn't tell him anything about her meeting with David until dawn the next day. In the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him what had happened, as a result, he had a stroke, and he lay paralyzed on his bed like a stone. And ten days later, the Lord struck him 
and he died. This story is like, it has so many ways you could go, you know, but today I just really want to, you know, um, talk about living responsibly. And in that word responsive, you know, is responsibility. Okay? The word is living with responsibility. Not so, I don't care what my actions do. I don't care how my actions hurt others. Right now, this is about me and how I feel. But God is calling us to a responsibility, living responsible. That what I say, what I do, and how I act, it does affect others. And I have a responsibility to make sure that what I'm saying and what I'm doing is, is responsible, that it's going to bring goodness to other people. You know, uh, a lot of times, um, you know, uh, singers and, and people that get to go into, you know, um, places where they're celebrated, celebrities and stuff. A lot of times they can think that they, they can do anything, but the thing is, because they're a celebrity, okay, and because they have money, but then they forget that because they have that platform, they have a whole lot of people that are viewing them, and, the, and that platform really gives them the responsibility to live in a way that it, it supports goodness, and it, it supports good morals, it, it's, but they'll say, I can do whatever I want to do. And a lot of times we as God's people will come in God's house with that kind of mentality that I can do whatever I want to do because this is me. This is the way I roll. This is, what, this is how I act when I get mad. Well, God is saying, yes, when we come up to this altar and we say, Lord, I want you to take control. I give you my life. We got to seriously mean that. And that means now I am no longer my own. I have been bought with a price, and now I, I choose to live responsibly and recognize that my life is a witness of God in my life, first of all. It's a witness of God in my life, and it's a witness of me loving my neighbor as myself and wanting to do what's good and right for my neighbor so that through my walk, my neighbor knows how to walk better. And a lot of times we will come in and not live every day. Every day we should be trying to live more responsive to the word of God. Every day we should be killing justifications for this is why I just do this. Every day the Bible says I should die daily. That's what I die daily. Every day I, I'm, I'm not justifying that, that uh, I cuss Pastor David out. I might cuss, you guys, okay, because I don't want, because somebody's going to leave and say I said I cuss him. First of all, I want y'all to know that wasn't my vice in the world. I had a lot of vices, but remember my friends told me not to even try to cuss. They laughed at me. They said I couldn't even cuss right. But uh, that was not my vice in the world, okay? But there has been, and, then, and I, want, I want to get how to live responsibly, because I'm no saint, I, I mean, I was no saint, and I'm still not the saint of saints, okay? But I want you guys to know this, that one thing that helps us to live responsibly is what we surround ourselves with. I can't die daily from drinking if I keep buying booze. If I keep having it in my house, 
if I keep going bars, I'm not trying to die daily, okay? I can't die daily if I feed myself on cussing all day long movies. And I'm just letting it go in, 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 because that's what I want to tell you. So there was, a, there's times that I probably about, I can count about five times that I've cussed, okay, since I've been saved, since I've been saved, okay, since I've been saved, okay, and shocked me so bad that, that all I could do was cry, and I fall, and, and, and like, I just knew I was possessed at that moment. I just knew a demon had jumped into me. I, I'm just because it, where did that come from? Okay? Because it's not a habit of mine. Okay? So when I did it, it was like, but what am I feeding myself on? Okay, remember Pastor David preached about this thing that if you made some brownies and you put a little bit of poop in it, would you still eat it? Would you still eat it? Poop in the brownies? Okay? But sometimes we'll still eat it. There's poop in what we're hearing, poop in what we're listening to, poop. But but we think we're strong enough. I don't. I, I don't. That that's not going to affect me because I'm not a cusser. Okay, that's not going to. But what happens is the, the enemy's a deceiver, and what we feed upon. All of a sudden, we make concessions for it, right? Have you noticed? Oh, that's just a little bit. That's, that's, that's not much. Well, and, and that's not much. And that's not much. And pretty soon, not much becomes more and more and more and more and more. Instead of it being outside of me, it's now getting inside of me. And I don't know that it's getting inside of me, but I've conceded for it. I made concession for it. And all of a sudden, it's become what I'm feeding off of. And what goes in a man comes out. The abundance of what goes in you is going to what's going to come out. And so every time I've had to look and go, wait, 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 what am I doing? What am I allowing inside of me? Am I allowing too much of the world inside of me? That's why I act worldly. But God wants us to understand that he's calling us to not be rea reaction show what's really in us. Okay. When we hurry up and hit somebody, there's still that there's still that old man. When I'm ready to punch you out, now when I can hold back, like Pastor David, the sweaties might, the palms might be getting sweaty, and we go ooh ooh ooh, but we don't go ooh. Okay, well I'm growing, I'm growing. God is, you know, He's allowing me to grow. But as soon as you come up to me, I'm just ready to go. Then I know. Wait a minute, I need some work, and I can't, I can't walk around and act like I don't need work. I have to acknowledge. You know what? That's not a God move. That's not a God action. That's not a God thought. I need some more God. I better hurry up and get turned off lifetime and get into the word of God. See, so I'm going to preach on me this morning because these are the things that God has taught me to do. When I'm, I'm acting crazy, I know that I've got too much lifetime in me. Hey, babe, can you come? I, 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 got, I got not enough bend in me this morning to get these papers, okay? Got too much lifetime in me or too much anything. It can be too much anything. For me, Lifetime's my, my go-to movie channel, okay? But when it goes to more than I go to the Word of God, then I can recognize that I can get kind of um, um, Lifetime. My husband says Lifetime has a lot of angry women <laughs> that want, want to do away with their husbands. <laughs> and so, 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 
So when Pastor David don't turn off that light, it, see, we have this condition that when I get in the bed, you know, there's a light in the front of our room, and then I get, I get on this side, and there's a lamp. And so then Pastor David's supposed to turn off that light, and then when he doesn't turn off the light, I say, ooh, I want to hit you. He goes, lifetime. So when we, get, when we get too much lifetime in us, and you guys look at, see, this, I'm real. I don't know. I live a real life that needs a real God controlling this real girl. All right. And I know that. Okay. Wait a minute. When I get too happy in movies, when the man's getting beat up, I say, hit him again. Hit him again. I okay. You got too much lifetime going on. Get back in the word of God. Cause that is not what God has called us to do. When we allow our emotions to keep overpowering our intelligence, our wisdom in God, right there is, right there, right there is when we know we still have work to do. When we allow our emotions to, to do that. We don't have to let reactionary living empower the circumstances of our life. And why have these balls up here? Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to just do it this other way. Corey, catch this. I'm not a good thrower. Woo! Okay. I really meant I'm not a good thrower. I, I must not be. I meant for Corey to catch that. Wait a minute. Pastor David, catch it. There you go. I was going to throw, try to throw it to LaFaro, but, but Phil, you do it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Erica. <laughs> Okay, that was pretty good. That went way better than I thought. Okay, and y'all all did something that I needed you to do. Okay, so uh, we don't have to let reactionary living empower the circumstances of our lives. Reactionary living will fill our hands with all kinds of balls that we would be better off letting fall to the ground. Now that one, yeah, it fell to the ground. But I loved how that one fell to the ground, and I loved how Phil, he went like this. Because a lot of times, the, we're catching every ball. Every, every offense, everything that ups, we're, we're just we're just like, God said his children are like, we're just standing with the catcher mitt. Everything that the devil throws out. Then, we, then we're mad. Then we're upset. But we're catching every ball. Every offense that comes our way, we're catching it. Everything that somebody makes us mad or they hurt us, we're catching it. And God is saying, that's what makes us so reactionary. That we're catching balls that we should just let drop. Just let it go. Just let that go. You didn't speak to me today. Let that go. Why are we catching it? Why are we grabbing these balls that makes us now after we grab it, we grab the offense. And now we walk around in that offense. We got that ball. We won't even drop that ball. We walk around and say, she didn't speak to me today. I don't know what's wrong with her. I didn't do nothing to her. And when I see her again, I'm going to, we let, instead of, 
doing like Phil did. That ain't my ball. That ain't my ball. She's in a bad mood today. She don't want to talk to no, nobody. She's not talking. That's not my ball. That's not. But we're doing that. God said we're living in our, our and so we walk out of feelings instead of walking out of faith. We walk out of feelings and, and offenses come and grievances come up against us. And the next thing you know, we got so many balls, we're just burning down. We could have we came in happy and everything, and then that one didn't speak to us. I don't know why she did that. I don't know why he did that. We're just grabbing balls, grabbing balls. And next thing, we got all these balls in our hands. We won't put them down. And we're burdened down with all these things that we should have just did like Corey. Sometimes de the devil's trying to slam you. And he throws hard. I'm sure if I got a brother up here and said, throw that ball hard, it would have slapped somebody in the face today and it would have hurt somebody. But the thing is, the devil throws hard. So if you know he's throwing hard, why do you keep, keep putting your cheek out there and going, Instead of, that's not my ball. That's not my ball. That's not my ball. I'm not taking that ball. That's not my ball. I'm going to respond correctly. I'm not going to react out of my flesh. And a lot of times these reactions, people are in prison today. Why? Because they reacted quickly. They didn't take time to think. They said, oh, he did what? He did what? And now they're going for their gun. He did what? He did what to you? Boom, 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 boom. Uh -huh. Oh, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Because we let that anger, we let that offense help us to the, get us to that point of fury and mad that we can't even stop and say, you know what? God is like, okay, right now, calm down. If I pick this gun, gun up, you know, I, you could kill somebody and you could be in prison for the rest of your life. Instead of that, we just picked up the gun. And then afterwards, most people, they're saying, they stood there in shock. Like, I really did that? I did that. What did I do? Oh, my God. Because they reacted instead of taking that holy moment. And I'm telling everybody, just say this. I'm going to take a holy moment. A holy moment to pause before I speak, pause before I act. There's nothing you have to do that quickly. Pause before you think, pause before you act. Take that sacred, sacred moment to say, God, what would you have me to do? In Jude 20 through 21, it says this. But you, do, dear friends, carefully build yourself up on the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right at the center of God's love, keeping your arms open and outstretched, ready for the mercy of our master, Jesus Christ. This is the unending life, the real life. There is a point. People say, what do we do? What do we do? What if we're reactionary? God said, build yourself up. If you don't have a, a, a muscle that you need to be built up, right now I have in, in my arm, they're, they're trying to get my arm. So every day I got to do these things to build this arm back to where it's supposed to be. 
Bible lets us know, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Praying where? It's not up there. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, you guys, this is so important. How many of us pray daily in the Holy Spirit? Now, people that are really avid believers about building up their muscles and all, they exercise daily. Every day. I know people that are on point, on time, you know, physical exercise. God said we need to be on point, on time spiritually. Build yourself up in the areas that you are the weakest. God said, build yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost, praying. And what that means you're getting on your knees and you're saying, Lord, right here, I'm weak. And, 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 and you don't know, see, that what it says praying in the Holy Ghost is you don't know what to pray for. I don't know to pray what to pray for to stop me from being so quick to anger, okay? I don't know what to do about it. Well, God says when you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us, and it prays the prayer that we ought to pray that we don't not know to pray, but that prayer gives us the wisdom to be able to build up that muscle. If we don't do the spiritual exercises, you guys, we can't expect spiritual strength. If we don't do be half as uh, devoted and committed in the spirit as we are in the natural, the enemy is going to whoop us up. There's so many things that we know to do in the natural that if we would just carry it over to the spirit, carry it over. I'm going to eat right, okay? In the spirit, eat right. I'm going to exercise this body, okay? In the spirit, exercise. If I want it to be right, I got to do right. And God says, changing the way that we choose, because a lot of times we're choosing from our feelings. If Jessica got up in the morning, she's a good exercise, inspires me. She inspires me. But you know what, Jessica, I, I thought about that, that, um, the king that told uh, Paul, you almost persuaded me. We don't want to keep, he said, <laughs> I, I'm being serious. I'm being serious about this. You know, that's what the word said. The, the, Paul preached so good, but at the end of the message, he said, you preach so good. You almost, almost isn't going to get him down the road. And so some of us are living almost in our walk with God. You say, oh, that, we come to church and we'll say, oh, that was a good word. That was a good word. That was a good word. It almost persuaded me. It almost persuaded me to get into my word daily. It almost persuaded me to pray in the Holy Ghost. It almost persuaded me to fast. It almost, but almost is not going to get us the spiritual body and the spiritual fortitude that we need. We've got to get past almost and what happens is, is that we react. So I could get up and I could, I could want to run and I could want to walk, but I react to what? My feelings. I don't know today. I'm too tired. I feel I'll do it next week. 
We react to our feelings. And God is saying, that's the problem. The only problem with our feelings is if our feelings don't take us to a godly response, we will never, ever have the victory that we want in our lives. Almost is not good enough, right? It's just not good enough. It doesn't get us there. We have to get there as God's people. We've got to get to a place. There has to be a place, you guys. Before Jesus comes, there is going to be, the church is not just going to be glorious when it gets to heaven. We're kind of like when we get to heaven. But there has to be a glorious example on earth. There has to be people that don't fly off, get angry, <laughs> you know, uh, sin all the time, and keep on saying, I'm in the process. I need us to know that this morning, you guys. We're still in the process because we're still reacting instead of responding. There has to be pro progression and not, I'm in the pro I'm process, I'm still, I'm still processing. I'm lying, but I'm processing. Because you know what it means? If I, if, till I leave this earth, I'm still lying. It means that either I haven't accepted the blood of Jesus Christ or the blood of Jesus Christ has lost its power. I need y'all to know it's either or. It's no middle. Either I haven't accepted the work of the blood of Jesus Christ or the blood of Jesus Christ doesn't work. And you've got to decide that. The blood of Jesus Christ is powerful to the pulling down of some strongholds. All strongholds. The blood of Jesus Christ is powerful to the pulling down of all strongholds. And the world has to see a church that can stand up in the areas that God said, I died so that sin would not have any more dominion over you. And he didn't mean that it would not have no more dominion over us in heaven. In heaven, I don't have to worry about sin having dominion over me. It's on earth that sin wants to have dominion over us. And Jesus said, I died so that sin would not have any more dominion over you. Where? Here. And the only thing stopping us from gaining ground is that we are not responding to the word of God. We are reacting to our feelings. The world needs to see a church that can forgive like Christ forgives. Why are we not there? They not seeing it because we are still reacting from our feelings. I can't do that. That hurt too bad. That hurt too much. I can't do it. I, I'm not responding to God, God's word that says, yes, you can. You can do all things. Through. You can't, but through me, you can. I've got to respond to that. I've got to walk in that I can't make concessions for myself if I have to cry if I have to scream if I have to to just stand there and say I forgive you yeah. 
make a response. Some of us won't even make a response until we feel like we feel it. When I feel it, I'll do it. That's the problem. If I felt it when I came, when I came up to the altar, it wasn't based on a feeling. I needed Jesus so bad that day, I didn't care who was in the room and who wasn't in the room. I needed Jesus. And I didn't care what people thought up until then, yes. But that day, no care about it at all. I need you. I was concerned about, am I going to slobber? Am I snot? Am I going to cry? But that day, I didn't care if I snot, cried, rolled on the floor. I made a response that says, God, I need you, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to walk up there, and I don't care what happens. That's how we got to do about everything that God says. I'm going to release that. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that relationship go in my life. That's not a godly relationship. That's not according to your word. I'm going to let it go. It can't just be in my head. It's got to mean I got to let it go. That means I hang up the phone. I get rid of the number. I'm letting it go. There's a response over a thought. But now we're just reacting to our feelings. Do I feel like it today? Do I feel like I don't feel like I still love her. I still love him. I still, I feel like God said a response is over our feelings. When you watch a movie or any kind of war movie, I love war movies or, you know, any kind of gladiator or war, any kind. I love those kind of movies. Okay. But have you noticed one thing that when they go to kill the enemy, a real person is out to kill the enemy, whether the enemy be a man, whether it be walking zombie, whether it be, what do they go for? They go for either the head or the heart. And I'm telling you today, the enemy's going for the head and the heart. Do you hear what I'm saying? He's going for the head and, or he's going for the heart. And in that We've got to remember what God said. Here's a victory in, in our, in our uh, the way we think, our stinking thinking is what keeps us from responding right, okay? But we've got to guard what we think. It says this, and, and that's a pretty little thing we say, whatsoever things, how many people have said that over and over our lives? Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are of a good report, whatsoever things are lovely, if there be any virtue, there be any, think on these things, and we can say that. But you know, last night I, I heard, and just this week, a couple times I heard Amanda singing, this is how I fight my battles. And we was talking about our prayer, but then God said, no, I need you to know this is how you fight your, your battles. You fight your battles in how you think. It's the thoughts that stops us from responding right. And if it's, you know, if it's not, if, if I say, you know what? She, she, she's not speaking to me today. She doesn't like me. God said, is that a good thought? Does that bring any praise? Stop and for a minute and say, so why am I catching that ball? I don't have to think that way. Why do I walk into a job and say, they're, they're probably not going to hire me because, you know, they don't, they don't hire black people. Lord 
They don't like black. We go in sometimes with a thought that denies us the power. I said a thought that will deny, not that, because they don't, remember this, they don't have my life in their hands. So the very fact I say why somebody doesn't hire me or, or, or pay attention to me, it puts the power in their hands. But the Bible said that's not a praiseworthy thought, nor is that a God thought, because your life is in my hands. And in his hands, whatever God says, he opens doors that no man can shut. So wherever I go, if God wants me to be there, Clyde, God, I have you there. And God said, it's our thoughts. And so we react out of our thoughts. We can react and go into some place. And because we're thinking a certain way, I'm thinking you don't like me. And that's why you don't speak. You know, one time God told me, Linda, you're thinking mighty important of yourself. Now, I just need y'all to understand this. Some balls were catching. They're really weird balls. Some people ain't even got you on their mind. Somebody, somebody might be all up into something that's going on in their life, and their face is looking like, like mad, but I've caught the ball. They're mad at me. And you know what the devil will do? Instead of me going to Amanda and say, Amanda, you know, now, I ain't talking about, because I'll get the other part. Amanda, you know, um, this morning when you, you, I don't know why, but you look like you were mad at me. Instead of us doing that, we catch the ball. And now we caught that ball that Amanda doesn't like us. And so every time I come in, Amanda could be doing anything and I, that's off. And I'm like, she, she don't like me. See, she don't like me. Instead of, Amanda, you know, when I came in this morning, I don't know, when I looked at you, I just thought you were mad at me. Are you mad at me? Instead of, here's the ball that I'm holding, and I want to get rid of this ball, okay? I'm going to find out about this ball. I'm going to hold that ball. God wants us to get to the place that we are not moved, and it makes us act, response makes us act. What is the response is? When I'm thinking something wrong, the Bible says what? Go to. If I got a wrong thought about you, go to. And some of us say, well, I, our problem is, is that some of us don't think we got a wrong thought because some of us think we nailed it. So I don't even go to you because I think within myself that I actually really know what you're thinking and what you're doing, and I nailed it, so I don't need to go. But that's not the word of God. The word of God is go to. Now, some of us get really upset with foolishness, right? But let's honor the person that comes to us. Because they're trying to do what the word of God says. Because we on the other side, we can be reactionary. And when somebody comes to you, go, oh, here she comes with that mess again. I don't know why she has to think messy like that. Instead of honoring that that person is doing exactly what the word of God told them to do. And I honor that. 
and I'm, I'm going to stand by your side and the enemy is not going to give you no ball about me. And as many times he throws a ball at you, you come tell me he threw a ball about me to you and I'm going to stand on your side and help you put that ball down. We're not going to get all re reactionary flesh upon flesh because flesh to fight in flesh, that's just two demons fighting together. God wants us to be, respond correctly. He wants us to respond and know that the enemy's coming after our head and he's coming after our heart. In 1 Corinthians 9, I'm in on this one. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 25, do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race. You know how Stay in your lane and run your race. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane and run your race. And what I want you to do is to respond to your race and stop responding to everybody else's. Because sometimes you've been running for years. She's been running for a month. And when we start looking and comparing each race against, that's how we become judgmental and reactionary and we don't respond right because we're in somebody else's lane. All I'm supposed to do is encourage you on. Come on, come on, come on. If you're in back of me, come on. If you're in front of me, Go! That's what I'm supposed to do. Come on, sister. Go, sister. Both ways, my response is right. All right? Come on, sister. You can do it. You're doing it, and hopefully somebody's doing that for me. Right? We reap what we sow. If we're the type that says, I don't know why you've back there so long. How long is it going to take you to? You're going to come in a pit in the road. Well, stop in the road where you can't move more further on down the road and you're not going to get the encouragement that you need. God wants us to understand that he, we're in this race, so run your race that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Run your race. Run your race. Now, every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately. Every runner conducts himself temperately okay and restricts himself in all things they do it to win a wreath that will soon wither but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessings that cannot wither in first corinthians 9 and 27 it says but like a boxer but like a boxer i buffet my body you guys get it this morning don't give in don't give in but like a boxer, I buffet my body. That means I, I do things to build my body up. I go through things that I wouldn't want to go through. I handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardships and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved, and reject it. 
as a counterfeit. When you leave from this place today, I am praying that you will decide I'm not giving in to the flesh. Some days you don't have to wait for Pastor David. Pastor David hasn't called a fast in months. Call a fast. You live with you. You know what's conquering you. You know what's defeating you. It says you put yourself through some hardship. You put, subdue your flesh. You do it. It says, but like a boxer, a boxer goes in and, and he handles it roughly so that when he gets into the ring, he's able to take the punches. We're not able to take the punches because we're not handling it. We're soft. We're wimpy. We give into our flesh all the time. And so then when we get out there and the enemy hits us with something, it means deny yourself. Sometimes you got to deny yourself. You got to deny yourself the cupcake. And, and, and why I say this in a trivial way is not trivial because it's the little foxes that destroys the vine. If I can't deny a cup, cupcake, I'm not going to be able to deny something bigger. So there's times where you deny yourself of things that you know that it just does you in. Handle yourself rough, roughly. Every time somebody looks at you wrong, handle you say, girl, shape up. Come on. Why are you taking that ball? Put that ball down. Every time I don't have to run to, to Kanisha and say, Kanisha, you looked at me wrong. Some days I can look and say, you know, I dropped that ball. That ball wasn't even mine. I didn't catch that ball. That ball's not mine. Maybe instead of thinking about me and what Kanisha's doing to me, I can start thinking about Kanisha and what the enemy's doing to Kanisha. Maybe Kanisha's not even thinking about me, but the enemy has me so caught up in me, I can't even go and say, Kanisha, how are you today? Is everything okay? Is there something I can pray for? But what it does is we catch a ball, and Tanisha needs warfare. Somebody come in with warfare. I catch the ball of offense, and I walk away, and I leave her uncovered. God is saying, uh-uh. Let's grow up. Let's stop being so reactive. Let's start being responsive. And respo not let the enemy makes us reactive. Responsive is, God, what should I do? What would you have me to do right now? What would you have me to say right now? How would you have me to move in this situation? You guys, we can't come all the way on to the Lord's side, side and lose. I came to the Lord's side to win. I was losing so much before I came to the Lord. I don't want to keep losing and come to the Lord. I came to the Lord's side to win. And the only way that I'm going to win is to be responsive to God's word, to his precepts, to the things that he has told me to do, that he's told me to do. You guys told me to do. The word of God teaches us everything about life. We've just got to decide to do it. We can't just keep reading it, hearing it, and saying amen. Good word. 
good word shows up in a good life. That's what God told me. Every time you say good word, he said it should be showing up in your life. It should be showing up in your life. It can't be just good word, good word, good word. And your life's jacked up. Good word should be showing up in a good life that I want to change the good to a God life. Because some people think they got a good life and it's jacked up with all kind of craziness. But a God life comes from responding to God's word. Let's not lose our families. People are losing their marriages. They're losing their kids. Losing their jobs. Losing our health. Because we are not responding to the word of God. The Bible said he has given us everything to have a good life. Everything. Everything. But what he said is, I wish that you would prosper. That's what Paul said. I wish that you would prosper. But then he puts a caveat on it. I wish that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. So he's saying it's relatable. I want you to prosper, but it's going to be relatable to how your soul is prospering. If your soul is not prospering, then your life's not going to be prospering. And I'm saying prospering according to the word of God. I'm not talking about the big crib, the big car, that the success of man. I'm talking about the success of God, that I can get through this life without anger eating me up, without rage tearing me up, without unforgiveness stealing my heart. I can get through this life in the peace of God that passes all understanding that no matter what outside circumstances are going on in my life, there's an inside peace that controls me, an inside peace that leads me and directs me. That's a successful life. There's an inside peace that doesn't make me make rash, crazy decisions, walk away from things that I should have stayed. You guys hear what I'm saying? I'm tired of losing. We've got to make a decision. I'm not losing no more. I serve the almighty God. I serve the king of kings. I serve the creator of me and this earth that knows everything about it. He knows how to get me in. He knows how to get me out. He knows how to get me over. He knows how to get me through. Why would I go to any other thing but the creator? And why would I live out of reactions? Because today, I'm going to be honest with myself, my reactions have gotten me nowhere but in trouble. My responses... My response in God, it has brought victory in my life. My response to God, go back home, Linda, be a wife, be a mother, go home. And I'm talking about, I heard it audibly, go home, be a wife, be a mother. 
that spot me victory. My reactionary, my reactionary um, choices, pain, shame, guilt, have to keep going back to Christ when the enemy tries to bring it up again. I'm forgiven. You took that to the cross. But see, I wouldn't even have to deal with that if I'd have responded the way God wanted me to respond instead of react it out of my pain, out of my thought, out of my self-protection. As we stand today, I don't know what's going on in your life. But we were brought to Christ to win. We were bought to Christ so that we could win. Win so that others could look at our life and see the wins. There's already been people who looked at our lives and saw the losses. It's now very imperative that we, his children, show the wins. We've got wins, y'all. God said he has made all things new. When we came to him, he said he has made all things new. Now, you guys said, but I'm still doing the old thing. I'm still doing the old thing. And I can't get this across enough. New is in you. You just got to respond to it. You're still reacting to the old. Please hear what I'm saying. There's a difference. New is in you. When you gave your life to Christ, he made you new. He made me new. And new is in me. But now I have to choose. Will I react to the old or respond to the new? In every situation, I have a choice. React to the old or respond to the new. React from the old heart, okay, or respond to the new heart. The dead man is dead, but let me tell you right now, you keep on digging him up, he'll come up. And when he comes up, he's uglier and nastier. Think about going to that graveyard, digging up some, some dead thing. It's scary. It's nasty. It stinks. New is in you. Corey, new is in you. New is in you, Angelique. You didn't have to choose, though, because there are going to be some days in this, this ministry called marriage Amen. that it's going to hit to make the old man raise, rise up. But at that moment, you're going to have to choose. Am I going to respond to the new heart, to the God heart, or am I going to react to the old man? And every time you react to the old man, every time, every time you give him more power. 
because the one you react to the most, okay, or respond to the most, is the one that has the power over you. And it's time for us to decide, like, I'm dying today. You might leave this service and something hits you at the, at the stop sign. Somebody just pause. You don't, have to, you don't have to push your way. Learn to yield the right of way. Don't, don't yield. Don't be talking about it ain't fair, it ain't right. I'm going to take my turn. You could die trying to push your way. Yield the right away. Yield the right away. Humble yourself and yield the right away. That's what Jesus did. Say, Lord. And I ain't talking about doing it funky because we do things funky. You know, we can hear a word. We can hear a word, you know. <laughs> Take it if you want it. You're probably going to die two streets down. Take it if you want it, you know. No. Mean it. God bless you. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to practice, to practice responding right. Oh, God, they're in a hurry. But, Lord, don't let nothing happen to them. But thank you, God, for giving me an opportunity to respond right. And Lord, I thank you for showing me how to yield, to give leeway. Come on, let's, let's, let's grow in our faith and grow in our walk. And let's choose. Let's choose to take these pauses. Pastor David said, you know, when the hands get sweaty, let's start praying. Okay? Let's start praying. When you feel the ears turning red, let's start, let's start praying. You know, we have all these signs that, you know how we do our necks sometimes, like, all these signs that says, I'm about to get out of control. Okay? Right then. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, give me the correct response. Help me not to react, but help me to respond according to your word. And you guys, find a word for that moment. If you don't want to have one in your pantry, then that's time to go look up in the word of God for one. If you don't have a word in your pantry that says to, um, you know, um, what is some, a word, we need a word that when we're upset. Uh, okay, peace be still. That's not in your, that's not in your pantry and you feel all chaotic and you don't have no, you don't have no word for peace. All you got, nowadays we have no excuse for not finding the word. We got every kind of help. You can just look in your phone and say, peace in the scripture. Simple as pie. Peace in the scripture. Sex in the scripture. It'll show right up, tell you where to go, and you can look it up and start studying. That anything that I need help on, I look that word up. When I need a reaction, and look that word up. It'll show you right where it's at in the scripture. Look that scripture up and put it in your pantry. No sense in wanting green beans <laughs> and you don't go to the store and get them. Right? You know where to, you know, to go to Safeway to get some green beans. Well, if you need some peace, you know where to go get it. It's in the word of God. And go get it and put it in your pantry. So the next time that you have to go through craziness, peace. Pull it out your pantry because you got it on board. And you won't react. 
but you'll respond. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Oh, God, we thank you that you've kept us all the times that we've just been so foolish and just reacted. God, there are times that we've reacted that I'm talking about serious times where we know that if it had not been for you, we would have been dead. We would have been beat up. <laughs> we would have been messed up. But because of your grace and because your grace and because of your mercy, we're still standing here. But God, you don't want us to continue to be like children. You want us to grow. And so God, we ask for growth to make us to be responsive to your word, responsive to your instructions, responsive to your word. God, help us not to make excuses and justify those places that we know. I'm not even talking about the places that we don't know. I'm talking about the places that we know is not your word, is not your will. But we got the I can't help it. God, we grab hold of your word that says we can do all things through you. And we decide to do it just like that through you in Jesus name. Thank you for this word today. Thank you for the power that's coming to our life right now. Thank you for the overcoming power that's coming to our life right now. We claim it in Jesus name. This morning, if you haven't made the Lord your savior and you're in church and you might just came this morning because of something going wrong in your life. And that's sometimes a reaction to pain. Maybe your marriage is going wrong. You don't have a job. Sometimes coming to church is a reaction of, from something we're going, going through. But I want you to take it to a higher step this morning. Not just react from the pain. I want you to respond because somewhere in this message today, you know that you need Jesus to come and be your strength, to be your source, to be your everything so that you can start having victory, not just for today in your life, but every day. And so today, if you haven't made him Lord and Savior, just come up to the altar. We will pray with you. Respond to his invitation. Sometimes we're waiting and waiting until we feel like it. Maybe next Sunday. I just don't feel it. But there's where I'm saying, get past your feelings. I'm doing this because I've heard the word and I'm going to respond past my feelings to what is right. Oh, how he loves you. He's just waiting. If you don't have a church home and you want to be a part of this church home, this morning we invite you to the altar to come and be a part of Living Faith Christian Center. We're not perfect people here. We just serve this perfect God that's perfecting us. And we're so glad we totally acknowledge we need him without him. We're a mess. But we're so glad to be together and working this out and walking this out together.
So if you want to come and be a part of a body that's growing and walking together in our growth, we just come up to the altar and we'll just welcome you to be a part of Living Faith Christian Center. You guys, if you're still making the decision and you might be like, I don't know, can I tell you this is, we're not saying you have to be a part of Living Faith Christian Center. We're just exhorting you to be a part of the body of Christ. And maybe this is not your fit, but we sure know a lot of churches that you can go and visit and maybe find your home there. But find yourself a home, a spiritual home. Find yourself a spiritual home where you can grow. Amen. So we just thank God for you being here today. For God leading you today. And we want to say we, we are so happy that you came today. May the good Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto every single one of us. And give us peace. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you Lord.